you need. L-O-L-O-L-O-L-O, white America, assassinate my character. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in with me today. I'm your host, Gabe Smith, with the Smith & Foster Podcast, Political Edition, and this is The Shaker Republican. All right, today I'm joined here with my co-host, Carson Foster. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. I hope all of you guys are doing fantastic. I know I am. All right, absolutely. Okay, so previously we have mentioned where we stand politically, but we never really went in depth in that. But in today's episode, we're going to try to give our viewers a little bit more uh, insight into our personal political views. So, Carson, just a general question to give a, a, a big general look into your personal political views. What is your opinion on our nation's southern border? All right, so the southern border. This is a little bit of uh, drama that it's kind of old now. Uh, all this has mostly died down in the states at the moment, I'm sure. At some point, it'll resurface. It kind of has done this a couple times before. Um, but basically, I think a lot of people assume that if you're on the right wing of politics, you're going to think that, hell yeah, build a wall on the southern border. We need to, you know, secure it, all that stuff. Um, and I find myself disagreeing with that because I think that if someone wants to come here for a good reason to work, make a life for themselves, good on them. They should be able to. Now, the problem is, is that it's not what a lot of people say, where they're like, oh, they're coming in, they're stealing our jobs, they're doing all this and that. The thing is, is that the only reason it's bad when they come here illegally is because of laws that we have in place, or I guess programs that we have in place in the United States at the moment. So in the ideal society, at least for me, there would be no reason to keep pretty much anyone out of the country, and there would be no... I guess there would be no one to enforce it, so it wouldn't matter. But, um, basically, I think anyone that wants to come in should be able to. But the program, specifically, that I'm talking about is healthcare and welfare. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, basically, if you come into the country, and you, even if it's illegally, and you immediately get all the benefits that any citizen gets, which we could talk about all the issues with healthcare I'm sure some other time but if you come into our country expecting just a freeload on government programs then that's where the problem arises because you're coming in and you're not ending up doing anything for the good of society or for the good of yourself because you don't have to and that's the problem is that you can just come on in you can do whatever you want and you get paid for it which I don't think there should be be welfare or healthcare, anything that takes money out of people's pockets and gives it to someone else is morally, objectively morally wrong. Taxation should not. Exactly, that's the best way to put it, and it's true. Um, And so I think that it's kind of outrageous to expect um, people not to want to come here. Like, when there's so many opportunities here and there's so much potential to make money and make a life for yourself that's one reason but if you can just come in and get free shit your entire life why not you should like i would do it if i could like if i could just waltz into a country that i'm not familiar with and get paid to live there for doing nothing i totally would and that would be fine with me but it's stealing money from people that are working 
and just giving it to these random people. And it's not like, I don't care where they're coming from. They could come from any other country or, you know, whatever, but they're coming in and freeloading off of government uh, money, basically. Or I guess the working man's money, which that's where the problem arises. I think there's no reason that we should have any sort of wall. There should... I don't think that checkpoints would be a bad idea, but there's no reason to keep anyone out unless they have like, unless they're fleeing their country, obviously, because they're like, they murdered a bunch of people or something, but yeah, that's pretty much it there. See, so I stand more on the, a little bit more traditional side of things is, uh, I, I wouldn't mind the wall. I don't necessarily think it would be the, the best option, but I do agree, think that there should be more screening for those who do come in. Because there are the, the bad folks, that, the, the ones that do bad things and come here to be lazy and knock off. But I think I agree with you on the aspect that if we took away that health care net, that safety net for those who are just coming over here to get paid to live here and live for free, I feel like if we took those nets away, it would take away the incentive for those people to come over here. And the only ones that would yeah, come I, here I think would be the good working class people that are just trying to make a better life for themselves and their families. Yeah, and even without, um, you know, all the the net, like you said, that's a perfect way to describe it. Like, people, I'm sure there would still be people that come here thinking that they can, you know, do it and then end up like you know not doing anything anyways but the difference is is that the people that come here and aren't doing anything they're just not gonna make it so there's no it takes the problem takes care of itself because all the people that aren't being productive members of society are just not going they're either not gonna stay or they're just gonna i mean i guess be hobos which is not always a good thing but but they'll learn they either have to learn to be productive members of society or they'll find another way, which there's plenty of Americans that are doing that anyways. And it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of pushes for, I mean, there is, there's organizations that try and, you know, help out homeless people and stuff, but it's just, it's such a hard thing to solve that I don't think it's going to make a huge difference if we have, people coming here and not getting this free shit that they're expecting. Like, it's not gonna... I don't think it's really gonna make a difference besides the fact that it's morally right. It's the more moral option of the two. Stealing money from people and giving it to them for doing nothing, that's just theft. (laughs) That's all it is. And so I... So, yeah... Well, to get more in-depth, do you have any other laws or regulations in the U.S. that you have a a problem with, like gun laws and such? Uh, All of them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, but, I mean, murder bad, obviously. Um, Don't don't be a pedophile, or we'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, honestly, I think probably one of the biggest ones that comes to mind right off the bat is, uh, short barreled rifle and shotgun laws. Now, uh, obviously all gun laws are an infringement and there's no excuse for, you know, stealing the rights from someone because of others actions. There's, there's never a good excuse for that, (laughs) especially in the case of gun violence, considering it's, 
a very very small um percentage of like the total deaths in the united states in the world yeah but the short barreled rifle and shotgun laws come to mind because of just how outrageous they are there is literally no scientific or there's no like studies or anything that prove that it does anything there's no reason so i think it's what's the cutoff for a short barreled rifle i think it's is it 12 and a half or is it more what um to be considered a short barreled rifle it is below 16 inches. Ooh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it has to be pretty long to be considered an, a rifle and not put you under that bracket of SBR where yeah. you have to file the $200 tax stamp and wait Ugh. upwards of over a year for it to come in. Yeah. And so I think like a 16-inch barrel rifle is I'm, it's practical for some things. Obviously you know hunting just shooting for fun all that kind of stuff but Long the problem <laughs> and well and the thing is is that i don't think that there's any reason that the gun has to be uh functional like there's no reason that it has to have a purpose besides just hey look at this cool dumb gun i got um it's like a it's like a sawed off like a sawed off shotgun like there there's no practical use for it really like it's not really that much more practical than just having a pretty decently compact shotgun that does its job and it has a stock so that you can actually you know aim and all that but i guess if you're Uh using a shotgun you don't need to but here's the problem short-barreled rifle laws are created to limit concealability which if you know anything about guns you know that it takes a pretty small pistol to effectively conceal you can be carrying a pistol like a glock just like a regular full-size glock and it's almost impossible to conceal unless you're wearing like a big padded jacket because it'll print through your shirt the the grip's gonna print through so now take that and compare it to the size of an ar-15 receiver it's bigger the receiver (laughs) is already bigger than a pistol that can't be concealed so what you're telling me is that you have to you have to have the barrel you have to have the gas tube the gas block you have to have and probably a buffer tube unless you buy some sort of a like pdw buffer but um it makes it's, it makes no sense the receiver alone can't be concealed it's too big to effectively conceal but you also like no matter how many inches of barrel you add on to that it's still not concealable or how many sub- you subtract from 16 if you take a 16 inch rifle with a full stock and everything you obviously can't conceal that in any effective way but what's the difference between that and trying to conceal a 12 inch barrel you still can't (laughs) you still can't conceal it and it's the same with shotguns like there's no if you see someone walking into a store hunched over with a trench coat on with their arm inside the jacket you're gonna know what's going on regardless (laughs) of whether the gun has a whether it's a rifle with an 8 inch barrel or a 16 inch barrel yeah, and the other problem is that the shorter you make a gun in general, and some people will probably disagree with this, it makes it less effective. From a physics standpoint, the longer the barrel is, the faster the bullet moves, and the more accurate it's going to be. So cutting it off, it doesn't make it any deadlier. It's it's not, it makes it, if anything, less effective at killing. So... <laughs> all you're doing is limiting people from making less deadly weapons 
It's like if I wanted to buy a paintball gun and you said no because it's not very deadly, we don't want you to have that. It's like <laughs> it, it makes no sense. It's just backwards thinking. Like obviously if you wanted to and I'm not saying that any gun laws are right, obviously, but if you wanted to limit the dangerous factor of a gun, wouldn't you think you would limit the it from having a super long barrel? Because it's you get faster bullet velocity, velocity more accuracy. Yeah, you could hang out a mile away and just plink at people. But they're not limiting long barrels because why? <laughs> There's no reason. And it, that's the thing about that's the thing about these laws is that they just make no sense. There's no there's no reason for them. It, you could, I don't think, like if you asked one of the politicians that pushes for this kind of stuff, they couldn't give you an answer that would make anyone happy besides people that just know nothing about guns. Like, it would just sound like Joe Biden's <laughs> hopeless rambling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that that brings bad. up like suppressors. Um, over in Europe, you can buy a suppressor over the counter, just right at the store. It's considered common courtesy in a lot of countries overseas to reduce noise oh, yeah. pollution. And what a lot of people don't understand is that uh, it a suppressor does not make your gun silent, like Hollywood silent. It doesn't do that. It just reduces the noise. And if you're using supersonic ammo still, you still even have to wear ear protection because of the bullets cracking the sound barriers. Yeah, so. and... I don't, yeah, the suppressors is definitely right there with SBRs, if not worse, because suppressors, it's literally, if I took a fork and I taped it onto the end of my gun, that's the same thing. It's a chunk of metal on the end of my gun. It's not making my gun any deadlier. It's not doing anything You are, you are regulating a metal tube with baffles in you're, it. You're literally regulating a metal tube, and it makes no sense because it is just common courtesy. Like, if I could have a suppressor on every single one of my guns, totally would, because it's just nice. You can go out and shoot. You don't necessarily have to have ear pro. You probably should anyways. But if you... And the other thing is, if you want the gun to be Hollywood silent, you have to do... You have to put in a lot of money besides a suppressor. Because a suppressor, they're already pretty expensive. Buying a suppressor is going to run you, what, almost $1,000 if not more. Yeah. You have to be pretty inept in tuning your gun with a suppressor as well. Especially if you want to transition from like taking that suppressor off and putting it back on. You need an adjustable gas yeah. block, which will cost you a little pretty penny uh, if you're using and, an AR-15 and stuff like that. I mean, it, these gun laws are... In my opinion, they were probably made by somebody who has no familiarity with guns whatsoever and has just watched a couple Hollywood movies and said, oh my goodness, that's just not good for the American <laughs> people. Yeah, and that's, it's just ridiculous. Like, it just makes no sense. It, you have to buy subsonic ammunition. Even then, it's still going to be loud. The gun operating <laughs> is still going to be loud. There's still a small explosion going on that's going to be loud. There's all the me the mechanics of the gun, the bolt ramming uh, and, into the back. Not to mention it's... that for, you don't just pay one tax stamp. Say you have, say you buy six suppressors. You have to pay two, a $200 tax stamp for every single one of those suppressors and wait for those to return to you before you can even get the suppressor to put it on your gun. So you're, oh, yeah. you're going and paying anywhere from, I'd say, 600 to 1500 bucks for a suppressor, and you're waiting anywhere from six months to 
upwards of a year and a half, two years for your tax stamp to, for you to re- for it to return, and you get to put it on your gun. It's ridiculous. yeah, you get to finally after a year and a half and a thousand upwards of a thousand dollars, maybe more. <laughs> you get to put a metal tube on the end of your gun. And then you still have to make other modifications if you want it to be as quiet as you can. And, and, see, even and if then, you make a short-barreled rifle or make a suppressor and stuff, put it up, whatever, if you break one of these regulations, you're a criminal. And you face jail time for putting a tube that makes your gun quieter on your gun. Or putting a, or just reducing the barrel length. It's yeah, and... Yeah. And that brings up the fact that uh, and the seri- the Waco series um, that just came onto Netflix is catching quite a lot of attention from uh, a lot of people. So what are your opinions on how the government handled both the situation in Waco and the very similar uh, Ruby Ridge incident that happened prior? Um, well, in general, I, I think that the government is very bad at handling basically anything. Uh <laughs> If you take a look at, you know, the amount of taxes we're paying and <laughs> the amount of potholes that are still in the roads that they're supposed to be fixing, that that's, I mean, that's fascinating. You can already tell, like, there should not be, on a major intersection in my town, a pothole that could swallow a freaking Honda Civic for a year and a half. Like, so, so that's kind of a tangent, but you can tell just from that that the government, they're... I don't know why people think that these politicians are somehow better at regulating their lives than they are. Like we're paying money into these, into these things that are supposed to benefit us and they don't at all ever. We might never see (laughs) where this money goes. Um, And so I think that's a, that's a pretty good um, sort of, analogy for Waco they just had no idea what they were doing they made this is basically the series of events it's pretty short they made an unjust law and then they killed almost a hundred innocent people and like 25 kids because of a law that they made that isn't doing any good at all and there's no and that's about it. I mean, that's that's all there is. Like they yeah. just murdered a bunch of people the for no really good reason. Terrible. I mean, they were breaking the law, of course, but they were breaking a law that, in my opinion, and I know yours, shouldn't have been in place in the first place. Um, they were converting their weapons to from semi-automatic weapons to uh, fully automatic weapons, and that is a big no-no in the U.S. and <laughs> So they sent in undercover people, and they didn't even find the stuff. And their search warrant ended up killing 70-some people, including 25 children, as you stated. And they were it was this small compound of the, uh, this religious group. And I'm not saying they were right or they were good people or whatever. I'll stay neutral on that but the way the government handled that was they handled it very poorly Yeah, I mean they brought tanks more than one tank helicopters and all and tons of foot soldiers to come 
handle this compound full of women and children. And once they escalated the situation, uh, shit hit the fan. Yeah, and the the problem is in the first place is that, like, I tend to think just leave people alone, let them do what they want. Obviously, I I don't want to go into, like, the morals of what they were actually doing in the compound because I don't actually know all that much about it. I'm just focusing mostly on, like, the legal standpoint of, like, the guns and everything. But, mm-hmm. like, if people are not hurting anyone with these guns, if they're not actively going out and shooting a bunch of people, then why should the government care? Why should anyone care? I think... In general, I just tend to think that people should just be left alone. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And any regulation on firearms is an infringement on the Second Amendment, in my opinion. Yeah, and I I did kind of want to talk about that a little bit. I wrote a paper on this, and uh, obviously I'm just, you know, uh, a little uh, high school senior. So it's nothing <laughs> like, it's not, nothing too academic or anything, but... Um, and the, obviously this argument has been made before in both directions, but the wording of the Second Amendment and everything that was written in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all of that stuff, was so heavily debated that if anyone had a doubt about what it meant, it would have been rewritten. There's no way that this big of a slip would have happened. At the time, you could go out and buy a ship and put a dozen cannons on it and that was equal or better than what the military had i've brought and did you see a... so many people the fact that you could own the most deadly weapon of the time cannons on yeah. your ship and the government exactly. was okay with it and a lot of people are like oh well like they couldn't have known that we would have ar-15s uh well first of all there was already repeating rifles and stuff at the time that they knew about because several um i don't remember who it was but some company that was making this basically like revolver musket sort of thing it was it's really funky looking if you could find a picture of it but uh and he proposed to one of like i don't even know one of the founding fathers as we generally recognize them i can't remember off the top of my head which one and like proposed that they like take a look at it and so they obviously knew about that technology these guys were smart they knew that technology was not going to stay stagnant in their lifetimes they supported that technology it was the only reason that everybody didn't have it at the time in their militaries was it was too expensive to manufacture at the time they were just more expensive yeah and uh yeah and that's the thing if someone can afford to own something there's no reason that they shouldn't do you think that millionaires that have worked their entire lives to make the money that they've made would buy some tank or whatever and then just go and kill a bunch of people with it? No. there's They don't have an incentive to do that. They have everything they need. Why? Unless they, like, snap and go crazy. But how... Well, actually, I, I don't want to... I don't want to say that because I'll sound like a bit of a fud, but... Um... <laughs> It just doesn't make sense that people shouldn't be able to. They're, like, people don't use millionaires that can afford this kind of stuff. Aren't necessarily just going to go out and murder people with it. Because they have no incentive to do so. And so... Yeah. And there's, like... There's no historical examples of that I've ever heard of. Of someone that had access to these things. Using them, like... 
against their own people, sort of. I guess besides, like, terrorists and stuff. But that's a little different because yeah. it's sort of... Uh, not in America. Like, well, I guess there's always been these laws in place. But, like, people aren't... There, there's just no... If you, if you look into, like, the psychology of it and stuff, of what makes people do these heinous acts and just murder people, they're most millionaires probably aren't going to fall into the same category as most serial killers or murderers. Like exactly. they're, they're not going to have any reason to just go out and kill a bunch of people with this technology that they can buy. I don't see that there's any problem with me being able to park a battleship in my backyard in a canal that I paid to have built. There's, <laughs> I mean, the, if, if anything, it's going to benefit the military and the country as a whole, because if you think about it, in the Second Amendment, it says a well-regulated militia. This is what they're talking about. Personal exactly. belongings being, like... So, say a bunch of freaking Canadians or something, just hypothetically, come on down and they, like, start attacking my home state, Montana. They're, like, just for whatever reason, hypothetically. If you have a bunch of dudes sitting around with their tanks, like, if the government hasn't done anything to hinder them from owning that stuff... What are they going to do? They're probably going to help. Because, first of all, if you own a tank, you probably have a dream of fighting a bunch of people with it, which, <laughs> good on you, go for it. But if the government is allowing people to own these things, it's going to benefit them. They they have more firepower. They have more... They can just call on the people. They're like, hey, do you guys want to come on over and help us fight these dudes? And there's, I mean, well, there's precedent for that. Minutemen, stuff like that. Like, it's always been people, for the most part, are willing to step out and help when their people are in danger. So, the only reason that we don't right now is because, first of all, Everything I'm pretty sure if there was some sort of insurgent attack, I, I don't think the government would probably let a bunch of random civilians help. But, they're, like, I think it was the Japanese war minister after World War II said that the reason that no one would ever attack uh, mainland United States is because there's a gun behind every blade of grass. He didn't mention the military at all. It's because of the people that are armed. And having these people armed with more deadly weapons, like, you know, tanks, whatever they can afford, that's only going to benefit the security of the nation. And that's pretty much it. And I don't see why um, yeah. so many people are so scared of that. Yeah, the the U.S. overregulates firearms, in my opinion, and and I think arms, which that falls under the tanks and such. Because I mean, in in Europe, yeah. you can buy a tank as long as it shoots <laughs> yeah. slugs and not like explosive rounds. <laughs> Why can't we have that over here? You can buy a tank, but it has to like you have to decommission the barrel and put rubber tracks on it and everything. But I and. In my opinion, the government, at least in the past, was very authoritarian with their, like, pushing this. Like, they, they'd push people to break the rules, kind of like in Ruby Ridge, where it's speculated that they spent months trying to get the guy, the, the father at Ruby Ridge, to saw off a shotgun. And then they finally got him to do it and whatnot. And then they ended up killing his 13-year-old kid, his dogs, and his wife. And this is just one man and his family trying to live their life up in the mountains in solitary. 
Yeah. It's a little bit crazy with how the government and handles firearms. So I think we both stand very similar uh, for those views. Yeah. Well, and now, like, you know, it just like there and in Waco, and also a recent one that the news didn't cover, obviously, um, because the guy was white, I'm guessing. Um, and the, the cops weren't, you know, being racist when they killed him, so they didn't get covered in the news at all. But this guy named Duncan Limp. He supposedly had some illegal weapon, so they just showed up to his house and shot him while he was sleeping, and actually hit his innocent girlfriend while she was sleeping as well, which is very, definitely not abuse of power. <laughs> definitely uh, yeah, not. Big... Would never even think of it. But uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty disgusting how people are willing to just overlook stuff like this. And Waco, Texas, Ruby Ridge, whatever. It's all just... It goes to show that, like, we are living in a tyrannical country. People are like, freedom this, freedom that. But if you can be killed in your sleep because of a supposed illegal firearm that you own that shouldn't be illegal in the first place, <laughs> that's I, that's pretty much, if you wrote a book on tyranny, I'm sure that would be in there somewhere. I think the, the the coronavirus has opened a lot of people's eyes to things like this, especially with like stuff like the Wake, Waco docudrama series coming out on uh, Netflix, uh, and people are at home, so they're watching stuff like this and they're doing more research because uh, they they have nothing to do with their time, and they're opening their eyes to oh wow, like. I, th I feel like a lot of people are becoming more conservative in their mindset and people are realizing, oh, well, like the government controlling my stuff isn't good. And oh, yeah. like this, it could end up bad. And <clears throat> even if I wasn't doing something bad. Yeah. And it has ended up bad for a lot of innocent people. <laughs> yeah. Like, like Waco, which was like a, a miniature boogaloo. And for those of the viewers who, who don't know what that is, would you like to explain the idea of, uh, quote-unquote, the boogaloo? Yeah, um, so basically, <clears throat> if you look this up on the internet, the first thing that's going to come up is some news article about how this is a alt-right <laughs> term for the Civil War, the, the impending Civil War that's going to happen sometime in the future. And actually, I, they're not that wrong. The problem... I, I don't know. I think a lot of people would actually agree with an uprising of this sort if they knew what the implications were, regardless yeah. of political ideology. But um, basically, yeah, that's it. It's it's the idea that there is going to be a point where the American people have had enough of the government, you know, stepping all over them, um, and eventually it's going to snap, and people are going to take their beliefs radically and start, you know, trying to destabilize and destroy the government. Now, how would something like that start? Um, well, so a lot of people, they kind of think that it would, it would be very sudden. There's going to be some event that sort of makes everybody snap. And I tend to think that that's a little bit, um, unrealistic. I think, in general, it's going to be a slow process. It's going to be one thing after another, abuses of power, abuses of power, people getting killed f for really no reason. 
But the other problem is that the the other reason it wouldn't be quick is because the news is on generally on the side of the government. They're not gonna report it as is. So the government or the news is really really good at like straying off topic a little bit and kind of well i am too actually now that i think about it um (laughs) but they're they're really good at like trying to make like uh waco texas yeah trying to make it seem like oh the the person that got killed was the bad guy they were the bad guy they had like this illegal gun or whatever and lied a lot to the media in that situation so you're not mm -hmm. yeah that's that's true too and that, that definitely doesn't help but like in in waco they definitely just played it off like oh these were the bad guys that we did the right thing here and a lot of people are really susceptible to that so that's going to be that's the main reason that it's not going to be just a quick transition it's going to take years if not like dozens of years before people start realizing it's unjust to murder people because of unjust laws because a lot of people right now they're like oh all these gun laws make sense if you break them you're you know whatever the consequences are if it if you die you die and obviously that's very very straight and i don't agree with that at all in any way but that's what a lot of people think so that is going to make it a very slow process of just one thing after another slowly building and it the sad part about it is it's going to take a lot of innocent people dying before anyone's actually willing to do anything about it me personally um yeah so i don't I don't ever, I don't want to go out and act radically and like, you know, do anything, do, an, yeah, do like, any so boogan. what's your plan if it ever happened? Um, buy a Honda Civic. <laughs> uh, bear with me here. So, think about right, it. I'm listening, I'm listening. If martial law, martial law would probably be the first step if there's a lot of uprising and stuff. If martial yeah, law yeah. breaks out, who are the National Guard and whoever's enforcing this martial law going to look at first? Are they going to look at the guy that's driving the lifted truck with the American flag waving in the back and a bunch of, like, don't tread on me stuff? Or are they going to look at the dude that's driving a small blue Honda Civic around? Gets great gas mileage, um, very effective. But which which one are they going to think is probably their enemy? Um... So definitely going after the lifted truck. Yeah, first step is definitely just buy a Honda Civic. Uh, <laughs> second step, lay low and chill because there's going to be a lot of not necessarily just physical, you know, attrition going on. Like it's it's going to be a lot like Vietnam. I have a feeling if this does actually happen in my lifetime that or would, you know ever. Ever happen? I feel like it would be like Vietnam in the states. Yeah, there's a lot of hit-and-run attacks. There's a lot of, like, little, little, uh, quote-unquote terrorist cells that are sort of... like Red Dawn, but nationwide and against the U.S. government. That's a pretty good way to explain it. There's not going to be Call of Duty, like, wars in the streets where there's just hundreds of people running around with guns. And it might happen in some places like that, but for the most part, it's just going to be a very long, drawn-out process of people attacking bases and things like that and slowly destabilizing it so i i have a feeling that if our government became extremely socialist and all like that it would happen in like like we've just said that like sort of red dawn fashion Uh, a lot of people see it as like there's going to be people out murdering in the streets 24 7 like 
not scum fight, but no, I I think it, I think it'd be like you say, just kind of slow, more like guerrilla warfare tactics yeah, employed and, by the people against the government. Yeah, and I think ultimately, like a lot of people say that, um, oh, the government can just drone strike your house. They can just use this technology that they have. I mean, they might be able to use that sometimes, but. It's either, and obviously our government, we've seen it in the past, has no regard for uh, innocent life, <clears throat> Waco. <laughs> um, so th- they might they might use some of that stuff. But the problem is, is that that's going to turn everyone that was on their side against them. When they see people, when they when they see houses burning and people getting like ex- blown up in the streets by like drones and shit, like it's going to turn the people against them very quickly even the people that aren't, like, radically active. So they, I, I don't think that they're going to use a lot of, like, high-tech stuff for very long before they realize that. Um, so just sheer numbers-wise, it's impossible for yeah. any any outcome except for um, civilian victory, if you will. And, and I, I think my plan would fall very close to yours as... I don't know that I would necessarily buy a Honda Civic. I'm kind of partial to my little Jeep. They get great gas mileage. <laughs> that, that is true. Gas would be pretty pretty scarce in a situation like that. But if it should ever happen, I feel like my plan would be to just lay low, like you said. Just kind of ride it out slow. I wouldn't be running out gung-ho, just dying for no reason. Yeah, especially because the, the news is going to portray everyone that does is just ooh, another guy another insurgent got killed today another stupid so, redneck <laughs> you <laughs> shot down in the streets yeah you running out and dying isn't doing anything so yeah. playing it smart and using more i would say it's going to be more based on like i think social media is probably going to play a huge role in it obviously they're going to try and silence anyone that's like you know standing up for these people that are you know running around shooting stuff um but i think turning people over to the side of freedom is gonna be like one of the major points that's gonna be really stressed because without public support it's gonna be very difficult it's like i guess just like vietnam again like the public hated it so they stood no chance of like they they had a horrible they were getting drafted and then going over to a foreign country and killing farmers in flip-flops and then coming back and everyone just hated them and spit on them and like yeah called the names and stuff even though most of them they didn't choose to go over there and a lot of the ones that did choose to because did it because they just didn't want to get drafted first and so public opinion plays a huge role in this kind of stuff because you have to have the support of even the people that aren't active like actively fighting so i think that's going to make the biggest difference is just how how we could turn the public to the side of freedom rather than the side of uh hey government do everything for us yeah yeah and so this basically means me and my partner carson both love the united states but we do have some issues with some of the laws and regulations and how the government handles things so that was just a little bit of a more in-depth insight view into our political views 
And to finish off our podcast today, we have the Florida Man of the Day segment. What did he do today? (laughs) Today's article is titled, The Florida Man Claims Guns Found in Car Belonged to His Cousin, John Wick. I believe this. A Florida man allegedly tried to blame his weapons bust on John Wick, the legendary assassin played by Keanu Reeves. Dude, get a load of this dude saying that his cousin was John Wick. Ain't nobody on that level, man. (laughs) That would be such a flex. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard Florida men say. He's been up to some crazy stuff in the last few years. This, this was a this was, Florida man was tamed today. Florida man was tamed, but that was just a, a little bit of a gun-related post, lighthearted to end our show today. I'd like to thank everybody for listening in today, and we will see you in the next one. We'll see you next time.